You're listening to A New Beginning with Greg Laurie, a podcast made possible by Harvest Partners, helping people everywhere know God. Visit our website and learn more about Harvest Partners at harvest.org. What's in my future? You think about that a lot. It's all good in the big picture. As believers, our eternity is secure in the Lord. Pastor Greg Laurie says, let your eternity influence how you think in the here and now. I didn't say there won't be some bad moments. I just said it's all good because ultimately God is going to make you more like Jesus. So don't worry about it. Just keep walking forward and start experiencing this joy and happiness that God offers. This is the live lives with no trouble, no problems, no crises. But Jesus never promised us that. In fact, he warned us of the opposite. In this life, we will have tribulation. Can we live a life of joy and happiness even when surrounded by calamity and chaos? Pastor Greg Laurie says, yes, we can. And today on A New Beginning, he takes us to Paul's words on happiness, written not while sitting at a cushy desk in a four-star resort. No, words written while under house arrest. The people that know God are the happiest people. It's rejoicing in the Lord. And the book of Philippians shows us how. So let's dig in. Philippians 1, we're gonna read verses one to six. Paul and Timothy, bondservants of Jesus Christ, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are in Philippi, with the bishops and deacons, grace to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine making request for you all with joy, for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it under the day of Jesus Christ. We'll stop there. Let's start with verse one. To the saints in Christ Jesus who are in Philippi. You know, it's very easy when we read epistles to sort of skip over the opening statements as though they have no relevance to us. But we don't want to do that because really Paul gives us the door to the life of happiness. You must be one of the saints. So if you want to be happy, be a saint. Oh, well that leads me out. I'm not Mother Teresa, you know. I'm, I'm a sinner. Yeah, I know that. We're all sinners. But you have to understand what the word saint means. It's an interchangeable word with the word believer. So if you're in Christ Jesus, you are a saint. But notice, it's a saint in Christ Jesus. In Christ Jesus. Believers are not saints because they're perfect. Believers are saints because they're in Christ. The Bible says, if any man be in Christ... He is an altogether different kind of person. Old things have passed away. Everything becomes fresh and new. So I bring this up for this reason. The book of Philippians, to the point, the rest of the New Testament, has nothing to say to the world that does not believe in Jesus Christ. Here's what God says 
to the world. Repent and believe in Jesus. That's our message to the world. Come to Jesus. And so when people say, oh, I found the Bible is just the greatest self-help book ever written and it tells you how to have a better marriage and how to have a happier life. No, that, that's actually not accurate. Because the Bible is not given to non-believers to take the principles and try to live by them. No, the Bible is given to God's people. It's come to show us we need God. The point of entry is your admission of your sin and your need for God. And then it results in you putting your faith in Christ. And 2 Timothy 3.16 tells us what the Bible's for. It's here to teach us what is true, to make us realize what's wrong in our lives. It straightens us out and teaches us to do what is right. So this is who it is written to, to saints. So you must be a saint or, another way to put it, you must be a believer. So who in particular is Paul offering these principles of happiness to? He's offering to those who have believed in Jesus. Now, I want you to notice a wonderful promise that is given to the saint. Verse six, he who has begun a good work in you will complete it under the day of Jesus Christ. God always finishes what he begins because God has unlimited resources. He has unlimited power. And listen to this. He has unlimited interest in you. See, he loves you. And he sees the, the finished work. He sees the finished painting. He sees the finished sculpture. He sees the finished you. He sees the ultimate you. And he sees the end game that he has for each of you. He's going to bring what he started in your life to completion. Hebrews 12 says, we are to look to Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith. So I have good news. You're gonna make it. You're gonna make it to the end. Isn't that good news? Now. Because maybe you say, oh, this world's such a horrible place and the devil's so powerful. I might just fall away. Well, Really? Do you want to fall away? Well, no. Do you want to continue on as a follower of Jesus? Well, yes. Well, then you will. Because as we read, it is God that works in us both to will and do of his good pleasure. God wants to do it. If you want to do it, friend, we have a game plan. Now, if you're sabotaging what God is doing, if you're resisting what God is doing, if you're fighting with God, even then he won't give up on you. Even then he will patiently bring you along. But if you determine to rebel against his plan, well, yeah, you, you can end it. But that's not God's fault. That's your fault. But listen, the bottom line is you're gonna make it if you want to make it. If you're willing and desiring to go forward as a Christian, then you will. It is God that works in you. And I want you to also notice that He's working in you to will and do of his good pleasure. Philippians 2.13. Good pleasure. God's plan for you is good. One of my favorite passages is Jeremiah 29.11. Where God says, I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. To give you a future and a hope. So God is saying, I'm thinking about you. And by the way, my thoughts are good. And I have a future and a plan and a purpose for each of you. His thoughts are good. It's a good work that he wants to do. He who has begun a good work in you will complete it under the day of Jesus Christ. 
You know, some of you are, are maybe young and you're wondering about your future. You're still single. You're wondering, you know, am I ever gonna meet that right guy, that right girl? You're thinking about your career. What am I gonna do with my life? Uh, you're thinking about other things. You know, what will my health be like? How long will I live? Uh, will I reach goals that I've set for myself? What's in my future? You think about that a lot. Now as you get older, you're wondering, well, how much longer will I live? And how will the end of my life be? Will my health still be good? Will it be failing? Will I be dependent on others? Uh, what's gonna happen in the end? You know, you have these thoughts. Well, God has your future all sorted out and all put together. So the best thing is you need to just trust Him. Now, I don't know about you, but I like to know what's coming. You know, when I'm on the road driving, you know that driver that's in this lane, then he's over in this lane, then he's back in this lane, now he's up here, and it, that's me. That's me. Because when I look down a road, I have the next eight moves figured out. And in those moves, I'm putting into play all the stupid moves other people will make. And I'll tell you, you really do this a lot when you ride a motorcycle. Because I, I ride a bike, and uh, when you ride a motorcycle, you have to basically come to one conclusion. Everyone on the road is a moron. <laughs> They're gonna do the worst things possible. That guy's gonna pull right in front of you because uh, he didn't notice you were there because he's on his cell phone. And this guy's gonna swerve into your lane because he's eating a cheeseburger. And, and this person over here isn't gonna see you because she's putting her makeup on, right, in her, in her rearview mirror. And, and this other person is drunk. And this other person, whatever. But so you're, you're like putting all these things in place. You're kind of going down the road. You ride very defensively. And, and I don't like being behind a tall vehicle because I don't know what's ahead. You ever been in a fast lane carpooling, and uh, the vehicle in front of you is going very slow. Say, oh, the traffic is horrible. And then you pull out and you realize this is the only person going slow. <laughs> but you couldn't see that because he blocked your view. Why do people go so slow in the carpool lane? Why? I mean, they don't even go the speed limit. They go under the speed limit. Snails are passing them. Anyway. Feels good to get that all out. It really does. It's <laughs> so we like to see ahead. So we can plan. I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do that. Well, God doesn't always let us see ahead, but he sees ahead. See, he's the one driving the car. He's the one in the cockpit. You don't want that God is my co-pilot sticker on your car anymore. Rip it off. God's not your co-pilot. God doesn't even want you in the cockpit. He wants you to put your seatbelt on and, and, you know, have your seat in the upright position and your carry-on stowed away. That he, he's in charge. And he's going to get you to your destination. So we have to trust him on these things. In a moment, Pastor Greg gets very personal, commenting on how we trust God in the midst of tragedy, as he and his wife did when his son went to heaven so unexpectedly. That's coming up. You know, sometimes we can't always make it to church, but here's the good news. Church is coming to you. It's coming to you on your TV screen or on your tablet or your computer or even your phone. We do it every weekend and it's called Harvest at Home. We have worship. We have a message from the Word of God. If you want to find out more, just go to 
harvest.org. And join us this weekend for Harvest at Home. Well, Pastor Gray continues his message now called Happiness, Where to Find It. Let's listen. It's all good, we sometimes say. It's all good, man. It's all good. Don't panic. It's organic. (laughs) What do these things mean? It's all good. I don't know. It's not always good. No, it's all good. Well, it's not good right now talking to you. But in a way, that statement has some truth to it. It's all good. Now I'm talking to a Christian. I'm talking to a saint. I'm talking to a believer. It's all good in the big picture. I didn't say there won't be some bad moments. I didn't say hard things will not happen to you. I didn't even say tragedy will not befall you. I just said it's all good in that God will work all things together for good to those that love him and are the called according to his purpose. The last time I taught this series was in January of 2008. So I keep all of my notes on my computer and I go back and review old notes and then I'll rebuild the messages. And sometimes I'll pull elements from the last time I gave the message and This is very interesting because I'm looking at this whole section that I wrote on all things working together for good and we don't know our future and and we need to trust God. And I even wrote in my notes, you know, sometimes that seem like they are bad will ultimately turn out to be good. And, And I thought, when did I write this? And I saw, oh wow, January 2008. And I wish I could just say to Greg of 2008, Greg, you have no idea what's ahead of you, buddy. Because that same year is the year our son died in an automobile accident. So I went back over my old notes and I thought, do I still agree with the old Greg? Was Greg right when he wrote these things? Are these things actually theologically true? And and are they also true practically? I mean, have I known these things to be true? And I had to look back and say, you know what? I don't disagree with anything I said. And, And it's not because I said it. It's not because I wrote it. It's because it's in the Bible. And you know, when you're going through a bad thing and someone here listening to me is going through a bad thing right now. I just know it. Really bad thing. You've lost a loved one. You found out you have cancer. You have some big trauma that's happened in your life. Your husband or your wife told you they want to divorce you. Something's happened with your kids. Just all kinds of things. I know something bad has happened. You're thinking, okay, this is it. This doesn't make sense. Some even say, I'm starting to lose my faith over this. Listen, the faith that cannot be tested is a faith that cannot be trusted. Your faith is going to be tested. And bad things are going to happen in your life that are inexplicable. But that doesn't mean God is not good. And that does not mean that God still does not work all things together for good. What it does mean is bad things happen to good people. And more to the point, bad things happen to godly people. And that should not shake your faith because God never promised you a pain-free life. God never promised you a trauma-free life. In fact, he promised you this. In this world, you will have tribulation. But then he went on to say, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. Here's what I'm saying. Yeah. Here's what I'm saying. Because you're saying, I'm getting really depressed right now. I mean, like, you know, you're going to give a message in happiness. It says happiness on the screen behind you. The pulpit says happiness with little faces. Yellow, which is a happy color, and you're like, such a downer. I'm just trying to be truthful. Yes, 
you can have this happiness. But let's see what it is and what it isn't. It's not just the emotional high of some pleasure or experience. It's a deep-seated faith and trust in God. Knowing that, yeah, it's all good because one day when I get to heaven and I look back on earth with an eternal perspective, I'll realize that God was in control of everything that happened to me. Even the bad things that were allowed, he ultimately used for his good. Because after Romans 8.28, the oft-quoted verse comes Romans 8.29. You all know Romans 8.28, right? All things work together for good to those that love God and are the called according to his purpose. Okay, but now verse 29 continues on. And by the way, in the original verses when they were given, there were no verse breaks. It just went on. All things work together for good to those that love God and are the called according to his purpose. For whom God did foreknow, he also predestined to be conformed into the image of his own dear son. There's your big picture. It's all good, man. Because ultimately, God is gonna make you more like Jesus. And there are things in life that are not easy at the time, but they'll make you more like Jesus. He's gonna complete what he started. So don't worry about it. Just keep walking forward and start experiencing this joy and happiness that God offers. Because one day life will come to an end. And all those things that this world promised would give happiness, will not. But you can have a deep-seated happiness that will last for your life on this earth and right into eternity. Because the Bible says, in his presence there is fullness of joy, and on his right hand there are pleasures forevermore. Let me close with this. Some of you have joined us, and you don't know God in a personal way. You know about God. You've been to church before, maybe, maybe not. Maybe this is your first time. But you've never known what it is to have this relationship with God. You've been chasing after the things this world offers and you know they're not fulfilling you. You know that there's an emptiness in it and it's caused you to start searching. And I'm glad you came here because guess what? You came to the right place. You came to the creator of the universe who created you and has a plan for you. And no matter how messed up your life is, he can turn it around again if you will believe in Jesus Christ. Hey, did you hear the news? They just found one of the original Bullet Mustangs from the film Bullet. If you're a car guy, you're, you're excited about this. If you aren't, you're like, who cares? Well, there was a movie made years ago in the 60s starring Steve McQueen called Bullet. And uh, there were two cars used for the filming. One was sold and uh, a person bought it and has put it away somewhere. No one knows where it is. And the other one has been lost and they've been searching for it for decades. So some guy who goes and restores old 67, 68 Mustangs and turns them into Eleanor cars. That's uh, from Gone in 60 Seconds. The car was called the Eleanor. Found the original bullet. This is for a car person like finding the Holy Grail, Right? So it made the news everywhere and now he's gonna restore it. Turns out this guy's a Christian and had contacted me about three weeks ago and told me he had found the original bullet Mustang so I knew before anybody. (laughs) But I'm a good secret keeper. And now it's out in the news. But they're gonna take this old beat up Mustang 
that's actually painted white. And they're going to get it back to the original color, repaint it, and they're going to restore it to the incredible car it once was. But you know what's incredible about the Mustang is not the car. It's the guy who drove it, Steve McQueen. That's what made the car cool. And his life was transformed by Jesus Christ. I've told you a little bit about that. I've written a book about it. But the guy who was the number one movie star on the face of the earth, who had everything this world had to offer, saw how empty it was, and went on a search, and that search brought him to hear the gospel, and he committed his life to Christ, and had all of his sin forgiven. And he's now restored in heaven as perfectly, even more perfectly than that bullet Mustang will be, you see. And that's what God can do for you. God specializes in going into the junkyards of the world and taking old wrecks and turning them into something different. Trust me when I tell you my life was a wreck before I came to Christ. But he turned it around and he can do that for you. Maybe your life's a wreck. It's a mess. God can change it, but you must say, forgive me of my sin. I believe Jesus died on the cross for me. And I want to know him in a personal way. And I want him to come into my life right now. And listen, he will come into your life and change you. And you can start experiencing this happiness we're talking about. And then even more, you can know the ultimate happiness when you see the Lord in heaven. But if you don't want Christ, you don't have to have him. But to not say yes to him is to say no to him. I hope you won't do that. In a moment we're going to pray and I'm going to extend an invitation to anyone here who has never asked Jesus to come into their life. Anyone here who is not sure that their sin is forgiven. Anyone here that wants to know they'll go to heaven when they die. Anyone here who wants to find real happiness. It's yours by believing in Jesus. Let's all bow our heads. Father, thank you for loving us so much. You sent Jesus, your son, to die on the cross for our sin and to pay the price for every wrong, for every wicked thing we'd ever done. And then, Lord Jesus, you rose again from the dead and you're standing at the door of our heart and you're knocking. And you're saying if anyone would hear your voice and open the door, you'd come in. And Lord, I pray for those here that don't know you, those listening to this message that don't have a relationship with you. Help them to come to you now and believe and be forgiven. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Pastor Greg Laurie with an important closing prayer. And if you'd like to make a change in your relationship with the Lord today, Pastor Greg will help you do that in just a moment before today's edition of A New Beginning concludes. Well, we're making available a unique book called Divine Disruption by Dr. Tony Evans. Many people are familiar with that name. And many also know that he has four adult children who are also all involved in ministry. And they co-authored this book along with him. The Evans family has suffered some terrible tragedies— Eight family members passed away over the course of the last two years. Now, you know, we all experience some rain in our lives, problems and worries and crises. Sometimes it's even a downpour, and sometimes it's a a flood. Pastor Greg, this new book, Divine Disruption, is from a family that survived a flood and grew through it. Isn't that right? Yes, it is right. And, you know, probably the most profound loss— for Tony and his children was 
his wife going to be with the Lord, Lois. She was yeah. sick for quite a long time. And uh, her faith was strong throughout her suffering and her sickness, but then she was called home to heaven. There's one quote in this book which says, We have one goal in this one short life we have on planet Earth. Do not lose focus. Serve the purposes of God. Lois Evans did that. The rest of the Evans family is doing that. Are you doing that? That's what we all should be doing, serving the purposes of God. You know, let me be honest, and I think you know this already. It's not a matter of if you're going to die. It's a matter of when. Death will come, but death is not the end for a Christian. It's not the end of the road. The road continues on into the presence of God. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life, and he that believes in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live, and whosoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Then he asks this question, do you believe this? I mean, really, if we believe life is short, we're going to want to live it well. We're going to want to live it for the glory of God. We don't want to waste our life. We don't want to waste our months and our weeks and our days. We want to invest our life into honoring and serving God. So here's a book now that I want to offer you called Divine Disruption, written by Tony and his two sons and his two daughters, telling you how they dealt with losing their mother and other members of the family, how they dealt with it in faith, but it's also an honest book. It's candid. They talk about the pain and the heartache that comes with losing someone that you love so much. So this is going to be a helpful book. It's going to be a hopeful book, and it's going to be an instructive book for many of you. And I want to send you a copy of Divine Disruption by Tony Evans and his family for your gift of any size. Whatever you send will be used to help us continue to preach the gospel and teach the word of God. So if you believe in what we're doing, please respond to this offer and we'll rush you your copy of Divine Disruption. Thanks in advance. Yeah, it's powerful encouragement for those times of serious challenge and heartache. And we hope you'll let us send this your way. Thank you for your generosity as you request this thank you gift, Divine Disruption by Dr. Tony Evans and his family. And we'll only be mentioning this a short time longer, so get in touch right away. You can call us right now at 1-800-821-3300. That's 1-800-821-3300. And you can make your donation and request online at harvest.org. And then, Pastor Greg, just before we go, would you mind praying with the person listening who wants to make a change today in their relationship with the Lord? I'd be happy to, Dave. You know, as you've been listening to this today, maybe you've heard another voice. By that I mean, yeah, you heard me say a few things, but you heard God's voice speak to you deep in the recesses of your heart, and it suddenly dawned on you, this is what I need. Or to state it more accurately, this is who I need. I need Jesus, and I want Jesus. But maybe you don't know how to make that connection. Let me help you. Pray this after me right now if you want Jesus Christ to come into your life. Lord Jesus, I know I am a sinner, and I am sorry for my sin, and I need your forgiveness right now. Would you come into my heart and my life as Savior as God, as friend, I choose to follow you from this moment forward. Thank you for calling me and accepting me and forgiving me. 
In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I know that was a relatively short prayer. Maybe you felt something as you prayed it. Maybe you felt nothing. That doesn't really matter. Because God's Word says, These things we write to you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. It doesn't say, so you may think you have it, or you may hope you have it if God's in a good mood. No, that you can know it. And I want you to know, if you pray that prayer in a minute, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, has come into your life. So congratulations. You're now a Christian. Now continue to follow the Lord. Yeah, and to help you, we'd like to send some resource materials we call our New Believers Growth Packet. It'll answer many of the questions you might have and get you started off right in your new relationship with the Lord. So get in touch and ask for it. We'll send it free of charge. Just call 1-800-821-3300. That's our 24-hour phone number, 1-800-821-3300. Or go online to harvest.org and click on Know God. Well, next time, Pastor Greg invites us to take a good look at ourselves, an introspective look. He asks the question, what do you live for? That's next time. Join us here on A New Beginning with pastor and Bible teacher, Greg Laurie. The preceding podcast was made possible by Harvest Partners, helping people everywhere know God. Learn how to become a Harvest Partner, sign up for daily devotions, and find resources to help you grow in your faith at Harvest.org.